0: From the cyber hub bunker in studio you're tuning in to the cyber hub podcast and now for your host and CISO, james azar good morning everyone welcome to another episode of the cyber hub podcast it's wednesday november 2nd 2022 we've got a packed slammed show today the open ssl vulnerability The long-awaited, the once-every-six-year type of thing. It's almost like schmitta is here. We'll be talking about that. Malicious Android apps are retaking users with over 1 million downloads to malicious websites. Dropbox, with a significant breach. Microsoft and ransomware news all on this morning's show. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform, cyberhubpodcast.com. Here's my double espresso this morning. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Someone messaged me yesterday. I said, one sip, everyone knows the rules. If you guys like Dave Portnoy, you know exactly what that is. So I had my one sip, everyone knows the rule. Delicious espresso. Let's get into the open SSL vulnerability that's been downgraded from critical to high. The open SSL project on Tuesday announced the release of the OpenSSL 3.0.7. Everyone was anxiously awaiting to learn the detail of the first critical vulnerability discovered since 2016, but the project's developer decided to downgrade the flaws severity rating. Either they wanted us to play this and just get a whole bunch of attention open over up at open SSL, or whatever the case may have been. This The flaws tracked as CVE-2022-3602 and it's been described as a buffer overrun that can be triggered in an X.509 certificate verification. Exploitation of the flaw could lead to a denial of service condition caused by crash or even remote code execution. The upgrade is now there. It's been downgraded from critical to high. Nonetheless, you still should get it done and get it done quickly. But I think It's safe to say that we're ready to go. Uh, OpenSSL is used by a lot of major companies, some vendors. So uh, uh, Palo Alto has not identified any products uh, that they use for OpenSSL 3.0. The company is waiting for more information to come available. Trend Micro, uh, the same, Akamai, and many others all talking about that. So keep that in mind. A malicious Android app with over 1 million installs is found on the Google Play Store. When will Google ever clean this up? Does Elon Musk need to buy Google Play to clean it up? I don't know. I don't know. Idea though, Elon, your next next acquisition, just acquire Google Play, not Google, just Google Play Store and and, and fix it. So four malicious applications are currently available in Google Play. The official store for the Android ecosystem and it's directing users to sites that steal sensitive information and generate a pay-per-click revenue for operators Some of these sites offer victims uh, to download fake security tools or updates to trick users into installing the malicious file manually. At the time of publishing, the apps were still present on Google Play under a developer account called Mobile Apps Groups and have a total install count of more than 1 million. The four malicious apps are Bluetooth Auto Connect, Bluetooth App Sender, Driver Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, USB with over 10,000 installs, and Mobile Transfer Smart Switch with over 1,000 installs. So... You obviously see what they're trying to do here. Um, so Malwarebytes found that these apps have a 72-hour delay before showing the first ad or opening a phishing link into web browsers, and then they continue to launch with more tabs with similar content every two hours. The idea here, by the way, the 72-hour wait window is actually really brilliant by, by the threat actors because people download apps all the time. A lot of people download apps. Like, I drink coffee. Like, you might, you know, do whatever you enjoy to do. And so... By giving it three days, you don't know what app it was. Was it the most recent app, That before that, whatever the case may have been? Either way, uh, they're playing off a time in order not to be recognized. So you want to make sure that if those apps exist, you're able to take them off. Um, threat actors stole source code and personal data from Dropbox following a phishing attack. Yesterday, Dropbox revealed it suffered a data breach where malicious actors gained access to some source code and personal information belonging to employees and customers. The file hosting giant said it learned um, about the breach on October 14th after being alerted by uh, GitHub a few weeks earlier. GitHub had warned some of its users that they're being targeted by a campaign impersonating the CI CD platform Circle CI in an effort to obtain credentials and the two-factor authentication codes. Dropbox was targeted in the similar attacks and the attackers were sending phishing emails to multiple employees, directing them to fake circle CI websites, set up to harvest their credentials and one-time passwords for MFA. The attack was successful, and the hackers managed to access one of Dropbox's GitHub organization, from which they copied 130 different code repositories. Those, rep- those repositories included our own copies of third-party libraries, slightly modified for use by Dropbox, internal prototypes, and some tools and configuration files used by a se- security team, Importantly, they did not include include code for our core apps or infrastructure access to those repositories is even more limited and strictly controlled according to Dropbox. Dropbox said the hackers fished um, a one-time password generated by employee hardware authentication keys. Um, and so that was that more on that story as it continues to develop, but there's Dropbox. Um, Microsoft is patching an Azure Cosmos DP flaw leading to remote code execution. A missing authentication check vulnerability in Azure Cosmos DP could have allowed an attacker to execute arbitrary code remotely, according to Orca. The Azure Cosmos DP is a no SQL database used on e-commerce platforms to store catalog data in order and in order processing pipelines for event sourcing. The security defect was identified in the Cosmos DP Jupyter Notebooks, an open source interactive developer environment that allows developers to share documents, live code, visualizations, and more. Um, So the attacker would have the ability to modify the container file and achieve remote code execution. That's been patched by Microsoft. And our final story of the day, financial institutions in the U.S. report a $1.2 billion loss in ransomware in 2021. The record year for ransomware attacks and payments was driven by malware variants believed to be linked to Russia. In all, the cost of incidents, these were reported under the Bank Secrecy Act, jumped to $1.2 billion from 416. billion the year before it's not double that's triple there were 1489 reported incidents compared to 487 in 2020 with researchers reporting that ransomware continues to pose a significant threat to u.s critical infrastructure sectors businesses and the public the data was released on tuesday by the u.s treasury financial crime enforcement network (FinCEN). in the last two years ransomware actors have shifted From a high-volume opportunistic approach to a more selective mythology and choosing victims targeting larger enterprises and demanding bigger payouts to maximize their investments, Um, the White House is calling for a ransomware summit in the White House this week to address ransomware. Uh, Let's hope something actually comes out of that summit as well. Folks, that's it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap it all up. Until then, have a great rest of your day, and most importantly, stay cyber safe